All right, welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Sorry for the late, later upload I posted earlier uh, today about uh, the delay. Technically, it's been very, very busy. Had to do some uh, troubleshooting here, so thank you for bearing with me and being very patient. But uh, yeah, so Facebook, that's where you follow us. That's where you can find us um, each and every week um, and is for, for updates and everything. But please feel free to continue to uh, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, including our YouTube channel. You just have to search We Shall Not Sleep and my name, Michael Crable. You'll be able to find everything. Um, also connect with us if you have any suggestions for topics, questions at all. WSNSpodcast at gmail.com is where you can find uh, feedback and, and, like I said, ask questions or make suggestions even. I'm open to all of it. So potentially some new things coming again later this year. I've teased a lot of that before. Again, more uh, more guests, but I've just got to gotta find the time. I'm this is still a priority for me, but you have to make time for for the stuff that's important, absolutely, but I don't want to feel obligated, and at the moment, I'd feel obligated to, to try to get some guests, and right now, I'm liking this format at the moment. Um, it's it's a healthy balance because I want to do this podcast. I want to continue to put my, my thoughts out there, um, but also at the same time, I want to be able to make sure I'm doing right uh, by you all as a listener, giving you stuff that I actually believe in and not feeling guilty or anything, so... That is out of the way. To start my thoughts for this short little episode, I, I want to go back to the sermon I preached this past week, which I entitled, His Body, His Choice, which obviously is a play on words in, in regards to the cultural uh, slogan, my body, my choice, uh, which for me as a Christian, after talking with my boss, Mike Perry, uh, good friend, Mike Perry, who was on our first first interview, E, ever, uh, which I promised to get back on at some point here, if he'll ever, ever uh, allow me to convince him to come back on. But he, he once asked me, you know, Michael, where is there any room for the self in the Christian walk and your relationship with God? That's a really good question. It essentially, is, is there any room for the self at all? And we look at 1 Corinthians 6, chapter or chapter 6 starting at verse 12 you you begin to uh, see you get to see a pattern emerge now this is talking about sexual purity and I'm not here to to um to jump up and down and try to get on a soapbox on on stuff that might sound political even though it's not political because as we'll come to discover that is I mean the last thing that that I think any of this stuff is truly um, is political. This is all spiritual stuff. And let me read for, for you why. Because again, Corinth, a massive port city, uh, incredibly wealthy, multicultural, had a temple uh, dedicated to Aphrodite. Aphrodite, now for those of you who, did anyone study here um, um, mythology in school? Anyone by raise of hands? Of course, I can't see. Um, is identified uh, as the Greek goddess of sexual love and beauty. And so there was a dedicated temple to Aphrodite with a thousand prostitutes uh, that hung out around that you know, as, as Corinth. Corinth was a sexually perverse place. Does that remind you of anything by chance? So when you have the subsection title, you know, the body is the Lord's you know, in scripture, which obviously did not appear in the original writings. It's just to help us break, break these up so we can, you know, memorize it and, and establish themes. Here's what it says, starting at verse 12, 1 Corinthians 6. From the NASB 1995 translation. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. 
Food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, but the Lord and the Lord is for the body. Now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise up raise us up through his power. Do you not know that your bodies are a member of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and, and unite them with the members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute in is one body with her? For he says, the two shall become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So those last two verses, really. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price, therefore uh, glorify or honor in some translations. Therefore honor or glorify God in your body. Your life is not your own. So when I hear people talk about the whole body, my body, my choice, regardless of, of what they're talking about, vaccines or sexual freedom or abortion, whatever, you know, it's like, well, it's a Christian. Like I can get the, the non-Christian argument to that. I totally understand. I can empathize with, I, I understand why people make that argument. And, but Christians, if you fall prey to that, I, I don't know what you're talking about because as Christians, what, where, where's our wants and desires? And this doesn't mean that God doesn't care about our wants and desires by no means. That, that's not the point. The point that I'm, I'm trying to make that I, what I would like to, for us to focus on is the fact that hopefully if you're walking with Christ for a long period of time, those wants and desires change in a way. I mean, think about all the stuff that we want, materials or, or decisions or relationships, all the things that we think about that we really, really want and desire. But then as we get closer with the Lord, those things and priorities begin to change. Just think about that for a second. Look what it also says elsewhere in Scripture. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. The true and proper worship is therefore, I urge you, dear brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Or as other translations put it, your true and proper worship. Offering your body as a living sacrifice to God. When you sacrifice yourself over, you're relinquishing control. It isn't your body anymore. You're giving it to God, right? Jesus asked his, his disciples to do this. Luke chapter 22, 39 through 44. And he came out and proceeded and was his custom to the mountain, Mount of Olives. And the disciples also followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and began to pray saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. And being in agony, he was praying fervently. And his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. For me, this is the most beautiful passage in all of Holy Scripture because it's the most relatable. Christ in his full humanity, full divinity, knows exactly what's going to happen to him. He knows that that, that forsakenness he's going to feel, that separation from God, because that's what sin does. It separates us from God, right? There's a, there's a chasm that opens up, and Christ is stepping into that. He's stepping away from that relationship that intimate relationship he has with the Father, and he's going to take that upon himself for us, right? But yet, not before, he says, if it is your will, take this cup from me, but not my will, thy will be done. He's 
letting go of that. It's in his full humanity he does that. It's so beautiful to see that type of relation because all of us can relate to that. It doesn't matter if you're a grandparent, parent, or a kid. We've all been in situations through our lives where we don't want to do it. Now, some of us have been put in situations where it's it's a righteous thing. We don't want to do that thing, but we know it's the right thing to do, and we lay aside our wants and desires, and we're sacrificing our wants and desires for someone or something else, right? So it's his body. It's his choice over my life. There should never be, in my opinion, I hate to use the word should, but if you are a Christian and you're making an argument that it's my body, my choice, God's given you the free will to do that, but don't think for a second that's justification for doing whatever you want, however you want, and whenever you want to. Yes, you can be the master of your own life, come back, ask for God for forgiveness, and he, as a, as a merciful heavenly father, will grant you that grace. Absolutely. If you're sincere about it, of course. But don't kid yourself. Who are you serving in that moment when you make that argument? Really, if you're being truly honest. You can make all the emotional arguments you want. It does not logically coincide with what Scripture calls us to do in our relationship with God. Stop masking and stop giving in. Stop relinquishing that truth if people argue with you about that, or if you have that yourself, if you're listening and you fall and pray to it. It's wrong. Repent of it. Stop idolizing yourself. If you're sacrificing yourself over, you don't have the right anymore as a Christian to say, well, it's my body, my choice. Well, the, okay, that's not a Christian argument. That's just a self-centered, emotionally immature argument, which you can make, and then you can go and do whatever you want to do. But don't kid yourself. I'm tired, personally, I'm sorry, I'm a little more, you know, animated, but it's just it's starting to starting to really, really get under my skin because it's, a, it's such a simple emotional argument that has so much weight because people throw all the life con- context behind it. And, it, and, and those, those situations are, are heavy. Those situations are not unimportant, but they're not spiritual arguments. So what are we here for? What's your body for? What are we here to do as Christians? If you're a Christian, I'm not talking to people who are not Christian. I, don't, I hate getting told, like, what about people who are not Christian? Well, I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you. The individual who calls themselves a Christ follower. If you've given your life over to Jesus and are following him, it is no longer your body. You are not your own. You were purchased with the blood of Jesus. It's his will, not our own. Live in that truth tonight. May God bless you. And may God keep you.